Happy New Year, so to speak. <laughs> uh, I I uh, I want us to just have this chance to be together and and support each other near and far to send love and uh, confidence out to each other near and far. However uh, much contact we end up having today, it doesn't matter. We're all here, and let's just visualize that we're in a nice uh, a nice solid circle of community, a nice solid circle of women who are being brave and patient and strong and desperate and all the different things that we are, you know, but that we're here for each other. And uh, so after my talk, we're gonna take the quickest of breaks. We're gonna like dash to the bathroom and get the water, water in, water out, five minutes, because this is so short. This is the shortest little workshop, it's two hours. So don't go, don't you go talking to your husband or your roommate, okay? Just run to the bathroom, get your water, run back, mm, ready to go, because we're going to be in these little breakout groups. Um, you'll be in a group of three, and you'll be able to think out loud for 10 minutes uh, about something I've said. And, you know, anytime you come to a seminar of this, of this nature, we're really hoping for that one golden nugget to come to you, that one seed, that one shiny golden seed that you can plant in your present life and it will grow and inform you in, in coming times in a good way. So, so I'm going to say a bunch of stuff and maybe there's one thought you think, Oh yeah, that was for me. That was totally for me. It's kind of like your soul or God put yellow highlighter on it and you realized, Oh, I, I was meant to hear that today. So when you get into your little breakout groups, you can think out loud about my little golden nugget. This is what Mary said that I, I think I really want to, you know, put into action. So, okay. When I first thought about doing this class, uh, I had to, I had to uh, process a, a, a large feeling of inadequacy <laughs> and my general state of speechlessness. I feel like I have been fairly speechless since May. You know, like, just what kind of going every, through every day, like speechless. Uh, it felt like anything I could say into the kind of pain that is afoot in our world in the last year would be trite. I couldn't even imagine saying anything that didn't sound trite. So I, coming out of this set, this time of feeling speechless, this time of feeling inadequate to speak into it, because you know, there's say 40 of us here. There's 40 very different stories of 2020. Um, although I think generally a lot of people have been saying the words 2020 like it's a swear word. <laughs> 2020, 2020, there's like a lot of mm, stuff in it, right? Uh, and as an aside, I appreciated the meme my sister sent the other day that said, Dear 2021, the bar is set so low. Please don't mess this up. So it's, it's got to be easier, we tell ourselves. So, but I know that uh, there's just so many different stories. There's, there's, there's people that are, have lost somebody that they grieve, that they miss. Uh, there's people that are economically freaked out and in dire uh, money circumstances. Uh, there's people that are home with children 
and trying to help them not lose their minds as, as they try to navigate school community and learning online. There's people who have elders in homes that they can't visit. Uh, there's just like 40 different kinds of pain if you're in a group of 40 people. There's 40 different kinds of challenge if you're if you're um, in any group. And uh, I would say for, for me, I make, my worst problems have been besides that my heart was broken <laughs> for most of the year and I was crying every morning for about 45 minutes for a few months uh, because the world had so much pain hanging out in it. Besides that, uh, kind of bored, kind of lonely, uh, kind of, uh, you know, I live with my husband. He's a great guy, but you know, it's a lot of one guy. It's, it's a lot of one person if you live with him. So anyway, and you know, most days I wake up and I think, God, so lucky, so lucky to live with such a deep and sweet an interesting mate, you know, and then there's like about, you know, 20% of the days I wake up and go, oh, who are you? Oh, my God. Oh, you do that thing every day. Oh, I didn't know this about you. Uh, you know, and then you think, oh, I think this means that I have to step away. I have to step away. Let me just get out of here for a little while because, yeah, it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot. So, and then on top of that, I, I, at times I felt guilty because I'm like, wow, I there's so many worse problems out there than mine. You know, I'm just bored. I'm just lonely. You know, other things are okay. I haven't lost anybody. Thank God. Um, I, I got over COVID myself way back in February. I'm okay. You know, all that. Um, but there's so, there's so many worse stories. But then I said to myself, you know, we all have what we have. We all have the story we have, the journey we have, the duties we have, the gifts we have the pleasures we have. We all have our own uh, classroom that's been assigned to us from a higher source. And uh, it's ours to make the best of. And nobody needs to feel, uh, you know, jealous, competitive, guilty, etc. about someone else's story and setup. Because you know what, we're all also on the wheel of fortune and things change, things go up, things go down. And um, that's just the, the nature of it. So a lot of us uh, have found a strange sense of time operating. Uh, I felt like month after month, the days flew by and the months dragged into into years. I don't know. That's what happened to my my sense of time. Other people were telling me different things about time. Oh, time. How do you have so much and so little? And it, I don't understand time anymore. A lot of us have had crazy dreams for uh, throughout this year. Anyone else lift your hand if you had like crazy dream life. Oh my God, my dream life. I wake up in the morning tired of me because I've been working so hard in my dreams. And there's like these re recurring themes. Like there's there's the dreams where I'm lost. And then the dreams where uh, uh, things are breaking. And there's the dreams where I'm in a room with all sorts of different groups of people who think really differently than me. And I kind of hate them and love them at the same time. And I don't know what to do with all these different people. And then there's there's the, the dreams where um, uh, things are just wrong. Everything's just wrong. I don't know. Wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And you wake up thinking, wow, I just processed, wow, things are wrong all night long. So, but the good news is that my, my most recurring dream has to do with being afraid I lost something really important. And it's like my wallet or my purse 
or my backpack or my passport, you know, something like pretty important. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm stressed out. I'm looking for it all night long. And But by the end of the dream, someone comes up and they go, oh, here you go. It's right here. You didn't lose it. You didn't lose your identity, basically. You didn't lose yourself yet. So uh, dreams. Um, people are processing more depression, more anxiety. There's so much uncertainty. I had to learn how to sleep again after the uprising, after the murder of George Floyd and the, the riotous couple months afterwards. And I lived right in the middle of it. I live one mile from where George Floyd died and one mile from where the, uh, the police department blew, you know, burned to the ground. I live exactly there. And oh, my God. Uh, so I didn't sleep for six weeks and I was getting worn out to a nubbin. And I finally said, you have got to take charge, Mary. You have got to sleep. Let's get basic here. Let's let's learn how to sleep again. So I, I had a learn how to sleep again campaign, which has succeeded. I sleep now, girls. I sleep every night. I sleep fine. But it took some effort. It took like herbs, you know, herbs and, and pills and, and not, not pharmaceuticals, but just, you know, supplements and exercise and meditation and releasing my uh, feelings and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But ah, I'm sleeping again. That's good. Um, so all of us have dealt with some level of grief over normal. Normal's gone. Um, um, normal is not what we think anymore. And some have dealt with worse. Uh, and what's with all of us still, especially now with the, with the numbers going up with the, the virus cases everywhere, and now it's more contagious everywhere, is we can't, we can't uh, comfortably deny how close sickness and death is all the time. It actually is close all the time. Death is always with us, but we mostly ignore it and deny it until it's, you know, we have to deal with it. And then we take it really hard and then we grieve it a lot and then we deny it and ignore it again. But it's, it's very close. Close all around us now. So it's kind of an invitation for all of us to practice Tibetan Buddhism, <laughs> which the one of the main moment of your death. You don't know. You don't know when you are going to leave or when someone else is going to leave. And that is to, to not bum us out. That is to help us open up to the glory in our ordinary daily lives because we don't know. We don't know when, when we go home. So a lot of people, I found that I get through my days well with certain touch points. So, and I'm sure you've all found your own version of this, the touch points in a day that make you reset or regroup or uh, remember to be peaceful, remember to be happy, okay? So some of my touch points, sunrise. Winter sunrise here in Minnesota is so clean, so clear, so quietly holy, and uh, it's worth it's worth not missing. So I don't. I'm here in my in my window looking east in the morning, going, oh wow, so clean and clear and winter sunrise, sunset. You know that that benediction of pink energy coming to you 
and uh, through the bleak trees. It's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. talked in other, other uh, sparkle events about my love of crows in the winter. Those are touch points for me. The crows in, in where we live, we have a humongous crow roost, a humongous population of crows, and they get together and have a big meeting every night at sunset. And they're so audacious and so undaunted and they're so, uh, 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 you know, and they're and they're just really into their families and their kids and their communities. And they're doing all this networking and, you know, uh, talking and stuff. And they just cheer me up. So I make sure I try and get with the crows once a day. It's not hard. They're right, right out there. And sometimes they come and roost right near my house. I'm like, oh, I'm so excited. Ooh. So the crows are a touch point for me. Um, I want I want to praise right now. I want to give praise and honor to my mailman Eddie, who is an amazing touch point for me. Who else has an angel for your mailman or woman? Yeah, there's a couple of them out. I want to tell you, Eddie is saving my my everything because he he's so solid and staunch, and he and he's always got his like winter mm, mm, button up thing, and he just. He never changes his pace. He just he just kind of like motors along in first gear, you know. And he's from Africa, and he and he sometimes is on his earpiece talking in another language, but he's always oh, just radiating light. He's like solidly coming along, doing the mail, radiating like, "Hi, Mary, how are you? How is Fred? Oh, well." So anyway. He's like the only one I saw for a long time. And so we are now like on I love you basis. I love you, Eddie. I know, Mary. I love you, too. It's ridiculous. But, you know, it's true. He, he He's actually like being a light. And uh, that's what I think mastery invites all of us to do is to be a light in whatever way that we get to. So praise to Eddie and um, my brother, Bill. I don't know what I do without my brother, Bill. Oh, my God. He's just I don't know. He's Bill. You know, if, if you've ever had a, a brother or a sister that are just like so themselves all the time and so loyal and so uh, part of your root, part of remembering where you come from. And uh, anyway, I enjoy him. He's like my my in my tiny little pod. I, I get to see Bill. So I have some bigger touch points in my heart and mind for peace that are getting me through this. One of them um, I mentioned in the, um, the thoughts I sent out in the in the email is is my own history. My own history shows me that I've gotten through some very difficult things in my life, as has everyone here. Every one of us has had a walk through the valley at some point. Every one of us has been in the wars at some point in some way or or in the in the lonely bleak you know uh spaces where you wonder you know am i am i crazy am i alone etc so um i look back on my history and i say oh wow remember that winter of 1973 when i was 17 and i was i was sent away from home and I was in exile for like four months in a very sad and painful situation. And I thought that winter would never end. I thought my life was over. I thought there would never be any new joy or new love or new possibilities. It was just desolate. And then it was over. 
it, the wheel turned, you know, life moved on. We all have this experience of being in this space that, oh, this is hard and it feels interminable. And then the wheel turns and it's different. The wheel turned for me, um, you know, a year or two after that time. And then I was, you know, young and, and free and, and intrepid and, and full of hope and excitement. And um, this is where I, I show you my sparkle item. Get a load of my hat. Okay. So this is like a couple years right after I thought my life was over. I was suddenly like full of life. You know, like life came back to me. It came back. I was full of it. I was like full of of creativity and hope and and sexuality and creativity and traveling and unstoppable. And so I had a roommate who used to get free items, free expensive items with tags on them at this building he worked at where a lot of people had a lot of stuff. And he brought this hat home to me one time. What do you think? Um, and I felt like that's my soul right there. Okay, I'm wearing this hat. And I wore this hat a lot when I was 22 and I was when I was amazing to myself. And, you know, in the many years since then, I've had all sorts of different periods of life, as have we all. And some of them I felt pretty, pretty dumpy and pretty, uh, you know, low and uh, uninspired at times. But I had my hat in my drawer. I never got rid of it, even though I don't wear it very often. So. That's one thing I invited you to think about in these thoughts um, I sent you. Just think about it, you know, this month sometime. It's like, what in my history shows me that I have great strength, that I have great endurance, that and that and that things pass. That I what time in my life was so hard and it seemed forever, but then it passed, you know. And what was the strength I took from that? And conversely. What time do I remember when I was just at the top of my game, full of life, full of spark and sparkle and soul and excitement for life? And maybe I was just doing a good job at something. Maybe I was in the, just the right place or I was in the right mode and I really knew what the heck I was doing. And I was able to get into that flow of life and, and shine and sparkle. And that happens to us too, you know, and we have to enjoy that. You know, and 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 bottle it and pickle it, you know, keep it, <laughs> keep it in the drawer to pull it out during the winter days and say, ah, I st I remember that. And I am still that that is still inside me. I still have that pizzazz. That's that, um, you know, excitement for whatever I'm doing is still informing me inside me. Um, another touch point, the bigger touch points that inspire me um, these days is remembering what it's like when I'm working with people in forgiveness and it's a healing right it's an emotional healing thing that I do with people and whether it's you know in the room with them in my office one-on-one -on -one, close in with a really bad story and helping them get that pain out or if it's in a workshop with 15 people and we're creating this very safe container for everyone to uh, get these really bad stories and feelings out and move beyond them. I've learned that all pain resolves. All bad stories come to a place where you understand something 
And you can even later look at it like a good thing, the bad story that held a good thing inside it. That uh, in, the, in the tradition of storytelling, there's a notion that says, you know, if you're in a really hard time and things are very scary and dire and, you know, um, not going very well for you, you got to remember that everything turns out for the best. So we got to, we've got to mute somebody. There we go. In storytelling, everything turns out for the best. And in the end, and if you're in a story that's looking really bad, you got to remember it's not the end yet that it's going to turn out for the best. If you keep living, if you keep living your hero's journey through that story, it's going to take you to the place where, oh, you know what? That turned out. That turned out because, you know, that's how it goes. So I've seen that in, in working with people and their bad stories for 30 years, that when people are in the middle of really crying hard about somebody having betrayed or, or broken their trust or some terrible, terrible thing. Um, and they're sobbing and they're, they're desolate and they're just like sweating. They're having a messy cry. You, when they're in the middle of it, they think, Oh God, this is, this is never going to end. This is never going to end. And you know what? It takes about 20 minutes and then it ends. There's always so much pain inside you around a certain story. It doesn't go on forever, ever. It just, ugh, you just have to get it out. And then you have to move through in the healing of your stories to realize I got to let go of something I was expecting. And I got to open up to life anew. And I got to contact some healing energy in this universe. And it is right there waiting for me to contact it and bring that in. And I got to love and bless that situation, even though it's not what I preferred. And what happens? We change. Our bodies change. Our attitudes change. Everything changes. So, so forgiveness is the best light practice that I know. And I'm like just a student of everything spiritual. I just love everything spiritual. I've gone to ashrams and workshops and mountains and, you know, <laughs> overseas. I, I've been on this search for light, my own light, my own freedom. And again and again, I come back around to the, the refreshing, transformative moment of real forgiveness is what can, continues to increase my light inside myself and to increase my, my sense of belonging to this life in a, in a positive way. So, um, so I've done some forgiveness lately. I, I told you about I told you about my husband. Okay. So I did some forgiveness. And you know, forgiveness is releasing expectations that are causing you, let's say, causing you to judge or to suffer. All right. So my my husband, he wants to talk about small hardware store items all the time. Like he wants to talk about how you clean something, how you fix something. And how you should put it away. He's extremely orderly. So, and I'm not, I'm not going to judge him. I have forgiven him. I have released my expectations that some of our conversations would be more scintillating than they are. Right? I've had to do that. And that's, that's okay. So, uh, you know, it's those little things that get you. But once you do that, then you're with a dream guy again. You know, you can just deal with all this. And, you know, I suppose I'm not the only household that has found 
the, the redeeming value of the household joke. Like, you got to have a few household jokes that you just keep doing and embellishing over time. And, and we've got a few of those. And so one of them is our different approaches to household. And this is where I call him um, a little OCD or I nickname him OC when I think he's being a little, you know, much. And I'm a little ADD and we call me Addie, you know, when I'm being a little not enough. So uh, household jokes, very important. And then our other household joke is, you know, because we, my husband and I have this like power personality thing. We're both like really big personalities and we could really have fights about everything endlessly just to win, just to have the win, you know, but what we've solved, and this is years ago and it's still going is uh, when we watch TV at night or something and it's time to take a bathroom break, we jump to our feet and we pelt to the bathroom and try and get there first. And we end up sometimes having long wrestling matches on the stairs, you know, pulling each other down and yelling and, and doing like, you know, throwing blankets over each other's heads so that we can get there first. And oh, it's just, it happens constantly and we never get tired of it. We're like, you know, like dogs playing with their favorite toy. We never get tired of making ourselves laugh about fighting to get to the bathroom. So anyway, oh God, how did I get into that? Now, now I'm just lost. What am I, what am I talking about here? Okay, I forgave my husband. That's what I said. Then I went into that long tangent. I forgave uh, the virus. And I gave a nod at forgiving death because it is closer. It is closer. Um, I forgave the other guys. You know, we live in, in the U.S. of A. We live in a country that is like us and the other guys. And it doesn't matter who you voted for, half of us have to forgive the other half of us because half of us think the other half of us are crazy. Half of us think, what are the other half thinking? Okay, and it's, you know, uh, it's a little toxic. It's not good. It's, it's not good to do that. So um, whenever I uh, have been doing anything in the last few years uh, in groups, like if we have breakout groups, I, I set down the boundary and said, we're not talking politics here. No one's going to talk about which other guy you hate, <laughs> which other guys you think are crazy. We're not going to do that here. It's too much of it. Okay, so when we have our little breakout groups, we're not going to go there at all. Right? Amen? Amen? Yeah? Okay. All right. My other touch point is uh, I think about birth, you know? Childbirth, it's a thing. It's like, it's terrible. You think it's going to kill you. You think it's never going to be over. And then it's all about the baby. And I think that's, in a way, what our human species is up to, you know, in this, this time that we live in. I feel like we are birthing something new for all of us. I think the last 70 years and the next 40 years, I don't know, we're all about birthing a new kind of society and a new kind of way of living with the earth and with spirit. And it's, it's, uh, it's hard work, but it's, it's, it's creation. Creation is just full of birth and life and death and rebirth and it's all happening. So when, um, 
when you get around to it, if you wanted to bring a little relief to uh, your step, lightness to your steps as you enter this next turn of the wheel, 2021, you can look back and see what did you manage to forgive in 2020? What did you manage to let go of? What did you manage to uh, release as an expectation of normal? Good job. Good job, you. You did that. You let it go. You let something go. And to find greater peace and happiness in our day as we go forward now, because we're still in the middle. It's not like we're still in the middle of so much. Um, what expectation do I need to release now to be more comfortable, to be more at ease, to be more present? For me, for example, I'm I'm going to release the expectation about when I can travel again, when I can get vaccinated and be uh, freer around where I where I be. I don't know when, you know. I have ideas. Oh, it should be by April. It should. It should. No, it should be by this. We don't know. So I I'm going to release my expectations around time, time for the you know for me getting out of my um my limitations. So our challenge is that it's a time of ongoing uncertainty. It's not going to be better, you know, after inauguration day, it's not going to be better after so many people are vaccinated. Everything's just on the table. It's just the whole game board is just, you know, full of full of things of uh, that are morphing uncertainly in this way. So, so what is our way? What is our way with that uncertainty? And I find a lot of comfort in the wisdom inside of the 12 step program that says, you know what? <laughs> you can't control most things. Uh, and the way you get through this life in a serene way is to know the things you can change, know the things you can't change and live one day at a time. So sometimes we just have to shrink down our sense of time to this very narrow focus. It's this day. It's this Sunday. It's this three o'clock period on Sunday. This is it. And to not think about the longer spread of time because it daunts us. So lastly, my last thoughts, and then we'll just see. Oh, and if you have any comments or um, questions you want me to uh, jam on, you can um, type them in on the chat, and we'll we'll um, pick out a few to address. Um, I'm going to talk for like you know seven more minutes, and then um, we'll see what anyone wants to say or ask about. But feel free to type type away in the chat. So you know this is the time of year we get. Uh, we do the whole New Year's resolution thing, for better or for worse. And uh, my friend Aaron and I have embraced this uh, practice for some years now of doing a one-word uh, resolution for the year. One word that we want to live, study, breathe, know, practice, experience as a gift to open up to that one word of the year. Uh, and um, and we find that it's it's very informative. It's kind of like your your life sort of orients around this principle that you're trying to understand. 
Uh, this year I'm, I'm going with a phrase. It's like the, uh, these phrases have been coming to me. And um, so I'm, I'm going to pick one of them. I haven't picked it yet, but these are my, these are my uh, candidates. And I just think there's something to contemplating uh, a phrase and seeing what, what your day and life will reveal to you about it. So first one, joy anyway whatever it is we're the ones that decide do I orient towards joy or do I orient towards despair and I, either way I'm going to get plenty of evidence towards you know the positive or the negative but what is my choice am I going to orient towards joy in a day um, because the more we do that the more it feeds itself I've been thinking about what I call radical mercy, meaning like, wow, you know what? Everyone, everything, you're all doing a good job. We're all doing a good job. God bless us, everyone. Wow, we are amazing. You know, never mind that you are not impressing yourself uh, at work or you are uh, wishing you did a better job as a parent or, you know, uh, you are generally feeling stalled out, okay? it's our first pandemic um, we're all doing great we need to praise ourselves <laughs> praise ourselves abundantly every day I work with a client who oh my god she was this powerful shiny determined woman and she was all about becoming a mother and and made that happen even though she was kind of in, getting into advanced ages and she made that happen and she found her spouse and she she you know got her got her baby and she's now she's home with a, a two and a half year old and a spouse that's a little bit abusive and uh, she's, you know, about to explode some days. And uh, so I said to her, listen, did you, did you poison your husband yet? No? Good job. Good job on that, not poisoning your husband yet. Man, he's such a jerk to you. So then you didn't poison him. All right. And did did you pick up the two and a half year old and throw them out in the snowbank and close the door? No, good job, good job, you. Ha, huh. yeah, you didn't throw that kid out in the snowbank. Wow, you're doing amazing. So that's just kind of a silly extreme, but really, I think we need to say that to ourselves sometimes. Good job, you. You got dressed nice today, Mary. You know, your hair doesn't look feral like it did yesterday. Good job on your hair. We have to let just really like like radically, mercifully praise ourselves and allow people to be weird allow yourself to be weird allow other people to be weird allow the other guys in the nation to be weird grant everybody mercy which means that you know I could be mean to you because you you're doing stuff that I don't like but no I'm going to I'm going to have some love and forgiveness for you anyway third phrase compassionate attention compassionate attention we all need it we can all give it we all have to get really good at being street counselors not that we're in the street but you know to be able to to pause when someone is bringing forth a piece of stress and breathe and just pay attention my god just paying compassionate attention for 10 minutes helps a person heal helps a person digest that piece of stress without judging it, without fixing it, without trying to take it from them, just being there in your heart 
with your heart and your eyes, breathing and listening. We can give that to each other. That's powerful. And we need that for ourselves. And if you don't have a good buddy to call up on the phone and vent to, you got to find that. You got to you got to arrange your attention buddy. It's absolutely critical, right? You you find someone who is able to sit with you for 15 minutes breathing and listening and not judging and not trying to fix you, right? And you have a very straightforward code. You you call them up and say, "Susie, I'm going nuts. Do you have 15 minutes for me to vent?" And Susie says, "Yeah, I do." You know, and I say, okay, we settle in. And I'm like, I hate that. And I'm just just venting, I'm emptying that pot of emotion to compassionate attention. It starts resolving, it starts digesting, it starts moving on to acceptance, right? We all need it. So I'm really uh I really think we all should have an attention buddy. Radiant faith. I, I'm cultivating, this might be my phrase of the year. Uh, now, my mother and a lot of our, our forebear mothers and grandmothers had great faith, you know. But to me, it looked like at times a little bit like an, just like mere endurance. <sighs> mere just like slogging, you know, slogging stiffly along and hoping for the best and, and kind of being a little bit... <sighs> grim and shut down and, and burdened. And I, I've been there. I know that. And I've had faith to keep going. But I'm I'm thinking about for the rest of my life, I want my faith to be right. I want it to be active. I want it to go, woohoo, <laughs> in the middle of uncertainty. Woohoo. Ah, yeah, I know. It's going to work out. I don't know how. I don't know. And to have a little bit of uh, you know, vibe vibration in it that that creates that doesn't just endure. So I'm thinking about this matter. Lastly, the thing that I say to myself right now, my favorite phrase, and you're welcome to steal or borrow or share any of my phrases. I, I hope that one of them is like a little vitamins for somebody. Okay, is this is what I do because you know what? It's winter in Minnesota, and I struggle with winter depression. You know, I oh, I can really get depressed in the darkness and the grayness in six months. And it takes everything. It takes all the vitamins and all of the light and the, you know, exercise and the, you know, getting myself um, pumped up to not be depressed. So what I do now is, even though I live with that one guy I told you about who talks about hardware store items, you know, and I don't see my daughters, and I don't have, you know, work, and, uh, you know, I don't know when I can travel again, etc. Even though I wake up, I, felt, I sense the deep, quiet winter all around me. For a second, I'm thinking about, oh, God, I think I'm going to be depressed. Uh, for a second. But then I, I, I just, whoop, nope. I throw it out, and I'm, I swing my feet under the floor, and my feet hit the floor. I say, Oh, my beautiful life. And smile. Oh, my beautiful life. And then I go forth. Oh, wow, my bathroom is beautiful. Look at that. I never, I forgot how beautiful my bathroom is. I mean, I put roses in there. Huh? Yeah. But if I start the day 
with an exclamation of what my what my lens is going to pick up it's my beautiful life uh the the beauty that that ambushes me throughout the day is astonishing it's it's like ambushed by beauty uh like sudden a sudden moment with a person the sudden uh noticing the way the snow is undulating on my front fence and it looks so whimsical like nature was having a little fun you know painting I don't know. It just you find it. It finds you if you firm it. If you put it out there, any of these things that I have just um, offered, joy anyway, radical mercy, compassionate attention, radiant faith, my beautiful life. If you really jump into one of those with a, a bit of gusto, those those uh, manifestations will find you. They will come to you and build on it so so okay that's what I had to say about that um, we're gonna see if anyone has any comments or um, questions and for about like 15 minutes mm -hmm. and then we're gonna do that really fast water in water outbreak now if you're dying before then we'll understand if you need to you know go do that but um, Erin, have you had a chance yeah. to speak at what We have about three questions here, and mm -hmm. um, I could read them, Mary, or we could have the person who asked them turn on their mic and, and ask you directly. Do you want to do that? If we start with Sharon. Sharon, do you want to tell you, ask your question? Hi, Sharon. Oh, you're not on yet. Oh, there hi. you go. There you go. Yeah. Oh, it's so great to see you. It's so great to see everybody. I have I've been so lonely. And um, I'm just, this is balm to my soul. I prayed last night for a whole room full of mothers to come and mother me. And that's um, what I need because the little girl inside is going, it's too lonely, it's too isolating. I can't be abandoned like this. So all of you are my mothers right now and I love you all and thank you for being there for me. And um, I just need more work on forgiveness. For, for me, the dreams are, all about shame. It's that this, I think the COVID has this core thing of a shame core of mm. um, that you're a bad person, you're contagious, you should be alone, you need to be put to your room. And so I pick up on all the shame that everybody's carrying around with COVID-19. So I just want to release that and do the forgiveness. We are so glad you are so honest and 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 you're already getting people saying i'm happy to mother you sharon hey sharon and because i'm one of sharon's mothers in the room i want to share with you guys what i know about you sharon which is there is not a sweeter soul you will ever meet than sharon that sometimes when you when you smile after we've done some work or whatever you smile there is this amazing sparkly girl that's that's there and she's so 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 sweet so anyway bless you thanks for being here what else we got Erin who else we got Anura Anara did you want to come on and ask your question or make your comment go for it sure I have to remember what was <laughs> I think I was just saying commenting how much I was relating to several of the things that you said, Mary, one being 
yes, how inadequate I've felt this year to speak, um, to write. Um, so it was helpful just to hear that spoken <laughs> uh, and to recognize that it's not unique to me. I haven't lost every bit of vocabulary and writing power that I ever had. Because um, Anara is a beautiful writer. <laughs> Anara is a published poet and a, and a wonderful writer. And so, and I too am a writer. And when we are wordless, when we are speechless, you know it's something going on. It's pretty big. Yeah. 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 And then the other thing was was the idea of forgiveness being about releasing expectations. Um, as somebody who judges a lot, uh, <laughs> I wrote that one down in black ink to look back at. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Linda, did you want to come on and ask your question? Would you like me to ask it for you? I can go ahead and ask it. Thanks. Excellent. I'm so grateful to be here today. This is my first time in this group with Mary and Aaron. So thank, thank you, everybody. And thank you, Mary and Aaron. I'm glad you're here. Mary, when you said all pain resolves, there was a piece of me that was feeling very inadequate at the moment. And I, you know, I, I just wanted to pick your brain a little bit on that and and wonder if if maybe a, a, another way to say it is that it's possible for pain to resolve if, you know, I know some things I do, some of which you've mentioned have led to pain resolution and then other pain just seems to come up again and again and linger. And um, so I just want to understand what you meant when you said all pain resolves, because that sounds really good. <laughs> what I learned about that. Well, yeah, I mean, all, all pain can resolve. And if uh, our will, if our intention is aimed towards healing, it will resolve. If our intention is aimed away, from healing and into stubborn despair um, or isolation instead of reaching out towards that sun of the human spirit and what's there for us. It'll take longer, you know, but life will continue to woo us. And I, you know, I've heard a lot of really terrible stories in my work, terrible, terrible, awful, awful, atrocious, atrocious stories. Some of them which have take, been waiting for 30, 40, 50 years to resolve. But when it's time, they completely finish. They completely resolve. I talked about being a young lady when I was 17 and a terrible time in my life and a huge tragedy and loss for me at that time, which was with me for decades, was with me for three decades. And then one decade, it was time to really heal it and let go. And and all that had been missing and um, lost some in, a, in its way came back to me in a, in a new way. It, it just, it's just life's way. It want, it seeks wholeness. It seeks that. And you think about even like a village that went through genocide, something horrible. People were killed by soldiers, you know, oh my God, the whole, the, the villages that were destroyed in, in the Holocaust, etc. You know, it, maybe it didn't resolve right then, but the next generation, the next generation, the next generation, they seek resolution. 
they seek healing, they seek to tell the story, they seek to release the pain, they seek to reach out to the rest of the world for compassion and healing. So uh, I, I guess I, I dare you to believe it. <laughs> I dare you to, to believe it and know that you just kind of keep having your intention and will on and orienting towards uh, everything turns out in the end. All things can heal in the end. Sometimes it takes a long time. But if you're orienting towards that, you'll get there. Thanks for your question. Thank you. Thank you. That, that's really helpful. It, it sounds like it's sort of the long view, sort of a, a hopeful view of, of life's journey that pain resolves. Right. And, and maybe it's, maybe it's our teacher. Maybe it's what we're here for. Uh, you know, it's, life isn't easy. All of us are in on, ongoing engagement with darkness and light in our lives. And it, it just keeps, uh, it keeps teaching us. It keeps teaching us how much we love the light and how much we love uh, people and, and how much we want to be our best. Thank you. Beautiful. So we've got uh, eight more minutes before the sprint to the bathroom. Yeah, we have one more question here. Uh, Meredith, do you want to come on and, and make your comment? Do you want me to read it? There she is. Well, I, I, mm, I'm I, a little chagrined because at the end of your statement, you kind of answered it. I, I have a habit of uh, also really enjoying being right. And so there's an irony for me of releasing expectations, yet still holding expectations for myself in the intentions of all of this beauty and light and mercy that they don't have to be held to the mercy and the beauty and the light. And so for me, I get stuck in the otherness. I get stuck in the me versus them. And they're not on a path that I can respect or engage with. And so I am constantly holding up these boundaries. And this has been a year that's been exhausting, exhausting holding the boundaries. Yes. Well, let's, let's say sometimes there's boundaries and sometimes there's walls. And if we wall off our heart, it's exhausting. It, it drains our energy. It, it cuts us off from life force. If we have a boundary that is resilient and flexible and within it, within which we have our heart open, it's kind of a different way of, of seeing things. We, we let things that we don't like kind of hit us out here and, and fall away, but we keep loving the realities before us the best that we can, because it's good for us to love. So, yeah, I know, I know. And there's, you know, I talked about, well, the other guys, we all think the other guys are like nuts, whoever our other guys are. And, you know, that there's a lot of intensity in, in those stories. Um, but, you know, the other stories that I've seen resolve through forgiveness, it's just really amazing how big you can be. It's amazing how, how big your spirit can hold uh, acceptance for humans if you decide to. If you decide radical mercy, I'm going to grant these humans that I don't understand mercy to be here. God's blessing to be here. For some reason, God thinks they can be here. You know, for some reason, God thinks this horrible, atrocious person that's hurt me can be on this earth. I can't control that. Okay, I'm going to just 
bless them to be here, even though I won't hang out with them. It's 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 kind of a it's a jujitsu martial art. Forgiveness is very uh uh what's the word uh complex and interesting and deft. And if you get into it as a path, you can almost have fun experimenting with it. You know, start by forgiving the the traffic jam and the the snowstorm that canceled something and you know the person that said something really stupid and you know just start practicing letting go of those expectations and seeing how big you can be even though we don't have to um you know hang out with everyone it's like my dreams oh my god all the the goofy groups that are in my dreams like they're like oh my god what do they think oh my god what are they doing ah Oh yeah, but I'm over here with my group. Okay, well, I guess this is what I do. I, I do my best within my, my group, my classroom, my sphere. I do my best and kind of trust everyone to do their path. Very good. And Mary, you've yeah. said you've said that this year we're all in a giant forgiveness workshop, right? I think we're all in a big forgiveness classroom. Yeah, because you know nobody feels much control over many things and we've had to let go of many expectations of what was going to be this year you know my my twins were going to be in high school and dropping by nani's house after school on thursdays like they do you know i love that i love that my 16 year old twins at south high will come home on thursdays and we have tea and dinner and goof around and they do their homework at the table ah that stopped stopped back in March, you know, and they've been home ever since on Zoom and I don't see them, you know, but I had to let go of that, you know, and I have to trust our relationship in the fullness of time. I have to trust. I love them. They love me. We know we're, we're a thing. We're lifers and this, this will end at a certain point. So yeah, there's many things we've had to release as expectations. Uh, Sarah Moran had one more comment in here of relating to uh, Linda's question. Sarah, did you want to make a comment or you want me to read your comment? Um, yeah, I'll, I had sort of like a comment because, and I've learned so many things, everyone from Mary, and I just was thinking this might be one of the things I've learned from Mary. So maybe she would want to expand on it, but related to what Linda was talking about, um, because I, I feel like I'm a person that keeps coming back to a lot of the same issues. And sometimes it looks a little bit different, but it's like, ah, this person again, or like this thing again. And I'll feel like I've worked on this so hard. I've done all the things. Why am I, why am I not making progress? Or why is that pain still there? But um, Mary, maybe you've talked to me about like the concept of growth occurring in a spiral and how you can you might keep coming back around to like that issue but you're still going up and to be able to look at i'm back to like this pain again but look i am here with it this time mm -hmm. and I'm here with it and it's not as deep and it's not as wide and it doesn't last as long and you figure it figure it out sooner how to get through it and how to get past it and how to reframe things, etc. Yeah, I mean, I, I think most of our, our soulful lessons are the same for a lifetime. You were, we're learning the same darn things, the same like three or four things over and over and over and over 
in different ways in different circumstances and it's not because we're you know stupid or slow studies or anything it's because that's uh you know it's it's hard human life is hard it's difficult and and uh requires so much on so many levels all the time that it's, it's hard to be feel like you're good at it it's hard to feel like you're you're any any good at this this path that you're doing but you are it's just it's normal to feel clumsy it's normal to feel like you're groping forward like a little sad mutation of something that you know like ah, ah. i had once had a, a moment with my husband where uh i i fell into some issue that i was just like mm, you know it's just all upset and wound up about it. and i'm just in this this issue and he's known me a long time we've been together 40 some years and he says oh mayor oh god it's like you're in the same little shit bucket you've always been in. And something in me just rose to like, you know, grab my dignity and my, my self-esteem. And I said, excuse me, my little shit bucket is on higher ground than it has ever been. <laughs> so I think that's how we have to look at things. It's like, oh, no, I, uh, but you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. Or, or now I got this. Or, you know, I completed that, that classroom check there are certain things we do master and move on and there's other things that are going to be with us until the last 10 minutes of our life hopefully then we go oh i get it <laughs> it's all about love <laughs> okay we could take one more short comment and then we're going to help sprint to the bathroom and, and the yeah the and we on the chat here there's a beautiful poem that uh anara did you post this if you want to just come on and give us uh, just a couple of ideas here. Maybe you could just read it. Is that the Robert Frost poem? Yeah. Okay. Since you love crows, Mary, this poem yeah, is called Dust of Snow. The way a crow shook down on me, the dust of snow from a hemlock tree has given my heart a change of mood and saved some part of a day I had rude. Forgiveness, snow, crows, it's got it all. Thank you. That's exactly what they do for me. They save some part of a day. <laughs> That's wonderful. 